You are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. I've got one. Rob, I'm not giving you any audio. Unless I'm not supposed to be included yet. No audio here. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. (laughs) I told you. It's always exciting going live. Yes. Are we live on the air now? We're live on the air right now. People driving in their cars can hear okay. us. As Jerry Lewis, anybody old enough to remember that name, as Jerry Lewis would say, hey, lady, <laughs> you made a mistake there on that little horizontal crawl with Chiron. It says co-producer, capital co-capital producer. Then it says co-star, capital C, but lowercase s for star. I know, but that did, okay, that did not, listen, that did not look good on the poster. Well, you're supposed to let me do the introduction, Mitch, I said. What can I say? I don't know how to restrain myself. (laughs) It didn't look, so I have to, like, get all the information plus plus look aesthetic on the poster. And so I made it like that, and it didn't, no, 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 I understand you're just kidding, but I need to defend myself. Okay, rewind back to the beginning. We have audio. Everything's good. Let's get started. And then I'll get to the comments that are already popping up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Our guest today is Mitch Markowitz. He was the co-producer and the co-star. Of the hilarious House of Frankenstein, a meant for children's program that first aired on September 4th, 1971, out of an independent station in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We've touched on the idea that book and television characters can have a great deal of influence on our lives, become a part of our lineage, in fact, and Mr. Markowitz is definitely a part that for me. And, and, and others. How? Once upon a time, a nine-year-old Vicky came back from school and there was something new on her TV. In a rural, rural area with only maybe five channels, it was colorful, musical, monsterical, and pure magic. In short, it was raw creativity. It broke the barriers of traditional television and she was glued and would be for a very long time time um like up to yesterday on today but i was watching it yesterday okay. <laughs> so when she grew up and had a chance to thank mitch a pivotal pivotal part of this hilarious house of frightenstein gift he asked if she thought it had contributed to her life and what she thought as she looked across her, at her husband on the other side of the aisle was, yes, I have one husband that I dress up in many different costumes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it has and still does. And she also thought that Mr. Markowitz was a fine gentleman. 
Excuse me, one second. Are we not going to mention that your husband happens to be a good friend of mine and has been for years? <laughs> us, like the three of us have been like a family for uh, years. Yes, yes. No, I'm. I'm going. I'm going to get to that. Okay. Okay. She, has, okay, she may have changed her mind about Mr. Markowitz being a fine gentleman in the time <laughs> 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 since then. Okay. So, okay. Mitch is a good friend. We've had dinner together. Families have met. Um, he's always around, always been there. And he, we have to bring my husband, Dave, into this because they are buddies. Well, so, so some we together. What's that? that? You and I. You, we work together. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I gave strict instructions. I said, let me finish the introduction and then you can talk. Give me one of these when you're finished. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Which brings us to today, to today, to today, Mitch, look what you've done. And the legacy of a show that contributed to many lives. I know because having met Mitch, he became a friend. And contribute and continued to inspire me. I was given the opportunity to work with him at comic cons and other such events, and heard the stories of others who traveled far and waited in long lines to thank him as well. And I watched as he took time with each of these once children, listening, asking questions, taking pictures, and signing posters all for free. And so, Mr. Mitch Markowitz, I present you with the very first ever Fika with Vicky Legacy Award. But I didn't think of it till this morning, so I don't actually have an award. You're going to have to wait on that. <laughs> and if you don't behave yourself for the rest of the show, I'm going to take it away. <laughs> so, thank you. so thank you for allowing me into your life and allowing me to see that the magic wasn't just for me. It was for everyone. Oh, my goodness. And welcome to Fika. Mitch, and now Go. <laughs> I, I wish I had my violin here in the room and I could do one of these. Da, 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 da. See? <laughs> That's a heck of an intro there, Vicky. Um I, I just I can't be nice without sarcasm. No, wait, in all due respect, I should say that's a hell of an intro there, Ms. <laughs> <Ms>. Vicky. <laughs> now listen, I gotta it's say all one true. thing. I have to say one thing and one thing only that I'm going to go watch TV. I'm watching CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Always. But um, I have to say how impressed I am with the fact that you've evolved and grown into this superstardom of yours. Oh, being, no, I don't think so. Having followers all around the world. I mean, that's when we met, that wasn't Vicki Benison. That well, that was 10, 11 years ago, and right. I was and I was in a different place in my life. Life changes with the different places that you Hallelujah. Right? Well, you, you broke on through to the other side. <laughs> to the other side, and I'm still getting abused <laughs> from I don't have followers, I just have people that listen to the show. And, you know, and hopefully welcome, welcome to the world of being a celebrity and I um you, you deserve that name and you deserve that title after having successfully done more than your 90 your 90 day option i mean at that much point if they didn't like you they would have flushed the toilet. <laughs> well 
Well, Mr. Markowitz, what's wonderful words you use like flush the toilet? Oh God! You, just but, call, you can call me Eminem because I melt in your mouth, not in your hands. <laughs> thank you, and yeah. thank you for all the encouragement along the way. And we're just trying to get people to see that reading and stories come in a lot of different ways, and they all work together to bring more happiness and joy to life, or scariness, or laughs, whatever. All the different things in life. Now, before we get started, I have to, I have to take a minute and say, um, mark through the ones that say I'm, I'm good. So, Shelly Don Turner says hi, and she says she absolutely loved the show as oh. a child, and and still loves this show. Jamie. We know Jamie says uh, hi, Vicky and Mitch. Oh, hi, Jamie. How are you? What my favorite all-time artist in the world. The guy right, right. A genius. Jamie does uh, different illustrations of different shows and celebrities and things, and he's done quite a bit for the Hilarious House of Frightenstein. He recently did a librarian, which is my favorite character um, picture, which is just wonderful. And um, just go on Facebook and knock him in there, and you'll and you'll see him. He's right? a terrific guy, and all his Frankenstein art is available up there at um, at J Pruden Art. On, I knew that you would know. On, on Twitter, yeah. Okay, this is, a, Dave, there's a comment for you here. Um, oh, are you? Are you? I don't think you, we'll let Dave answer that one. Okay, um, from Derek Robin Sims says, this is just awesome. Allison that I think I met when I was at London Comic Tong Con with you, says, hello, thanks for watching, Ellison, and hello right back at you. Wow. Um, Tamara says, hello, hello, guys. Hi, Tamara, thank you for listening. And, oh, my goodness, we've just been, okay, so, hi, Francis Ann Hopkins says, hi, Brian Fowler, Fall, Foley, Fo okay. Mitch knocked me off speaking properly, so. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, Al Little says, hey, from the hammer, which is where it all started. Right. So hi, Al. Justin Snicker says, hi, from Dr. Snick with the music. Oh, for... my goodness. Isn't that great? We're, we're putting a nice party together. <laughs> we are having a Halloween party here. And Dr. Snick also does the music for the Outer Realm, another program here. With Dr. Snick, by the way, and, and ho uh, Holidays, I did, a, um, I did a, a song, a record with him called It's My Halloween Party and You Can Die If You Want To. <laughs> it's a blast. It's so funny. We have a copy of that. Yes, it I, is. I think it's available on YouTube. And, and it's so funny because when he approached me about this, I said, well, you're a good doctor and you're a nice guy, but I can't sing. And he just <laughs> and I said, you know what, man, don't worry about it. Just read the script that I gave you. I'll fix it from there. So he came over and sat down at my kitchen table with all his microphones and speakers and stuff. And I recorded my part. And he said, okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. And left me with a Dr. Snake t-shirt and went out the door. And the next thing I know, I heard the, the, the record. It's great. He makes it sound like I'm really singing. 
And I don't know how. I can't even keep time. <laughs> it is the magic. There is so much magic out there now that wasn't available well, back when we're talking Sons. about magic. Back up a little bit. We're talking about Jamie Purden. You got to be careful with that guy because when he's not creating art, he's a um, uh, uh, hypnotist. He does a hypnotist act. And uh, he's real good at it. So if you find yourself standing on your head on the kitchen table, it's because Jamie said, Vicki Sanderson, you are going to get on the kitchen table on your head and wave your hands back and forth. Just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, there was a question here that I accidentally put up for a second about when the Blu-rays are coming out, but I felt like you didn't want to answer that question. <laughs> So I no, no, it's fine. I'd be, I'm actually, I'm happy to answer it because then it, it, it's 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 uh, responding to many, 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 many queries I've had about that. And the the answer is the group that we were dealing with in Los Angeles, they were Los Angeles based. They started working and working and working and working on taking all 130 episodes of Hilarious House of Frankenstein upgrading the quality from 1971, which isn't too hard. <laughs> I mean, we, we had ours with monkeys on a treadmill and they were generating the power for, to run three cameras. So it isn't hard to upgrade that. So they started working on it, working on it. There was also issues as far as the music was concerned. Uh, the Wolfman um, segment was predicated largely on rock and roll in the background and the Wolfman and sometimes Igor dancing to the music very psychedelic, very cool. And my brother forgot to um, to license, the license the rights to the music. And then he looked over at me and I forgot. I thought he was licensing the rights. So neither of us did. And that was okay when we were on little CHCHTV in Hamilton, Ontario. And the audience was about a hundred people, but then it got syndicated across Canada. Then it got syndicated internationally. And as soon as it got on the air in the U.S., which is a very litigious country, we started to get lots of feedback. And the lawyers all said, well, wait a minute, you want to use Sly and the Family Stone? That's going to cost you $200,000. You want to use the Rolling Stones? That's a quarter of a million dollars. And that was all bigger bucks than we were ever going to make on Frankenstein these days. And um, so... They had to pull out the music in all those. To make a long story short, it was way, 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 way more work than they had anticipated. And the owner of the company um, wanted to retire. So they just pulled out of the arrangement. And that was the end of the Blu-rays for that particular group. Now, we are talking to other organizations who are interested in taking the show, the original series, and putting it on their screening service. They're a big, big company with deep pockets. They won't run out of time or money, that's for sure. And um, they're interested in, in licensing Frankenstein, perhaps for Blu-rays. And um, if and when that happens, on there somewhere, you're, you're talking about my Twitter site. By the way, you don't have to be on Twitter if you don't want to be, all you have to do is go to Google, Twitter my email, uh, punch in my, my Twitter address, which is at I'm TV's Super Hippie. Coming and right then up. you can keep track of what's going on. And whenever something new happens, I always post it on Twitter. And your dear husband is such a good guy. He always re 
retweets it and puts it up on his Facebook. I mean, the guy's got five million followers or something. <laughs> I got I got like ten thousand. So. It's a, but Dave's a good guy, and he puts it right out there if he thinks it's newsworthy. And it's, if I blew my nose in Dave's mind, that's newsworthy. Let's put that out <laughs> to the public. He's, he's keeping an eye on both of us. <laughs> Mitch, he's, he's making sure that it's out there. Okay, Brian, I apologize. It is Brian Fowley, and hopefully I got that right. Um, Snick, if, if, if you're looking for... Um, Dr. Snick's music is Snick S N I K, just to make sure that that gets through. Um, so there's there's lots of high. Um, by the way, before you, before you leave, Brian, guy's a creative genius. He he and his partner Ed Mattingly, a really dear friend of mine, between them, they have creative juices flowing out of every pore in their body. And at one point, they took the directional sign that we used in the beginning of the show, and it's got like a little arrow pointing Transylvania this way and, and Frankenstein. Oh, this yes, way. yes. I, I, they created a replica of it that looks exactly, exactly like our original one. And it's all carved out of wood, and it's got mechanism in the back. So if I press a little button, you hear sound effects and, and owls. And I mean, I don't know if owls make any noise, but it's a very, very cool piece. And um, Brian was one half of the partnership that created it, and he's a he's a terrific guy. No, I've seen I've seen that, I've seen that when I've come to your house. It's it's excellent, and it should be up. See now, who's missing what, Mitch? That should have been in your background. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little tight in here. <laughs> Shall we go? So there's lots of well wishes, and I love your show, and and all of those things, which just goes to start to show us how much influence you had over us all growing up into it being um, into reruns for the people from the next 10 years onward. So you get to keep your legacy award so far. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> we should have a meter here. Mitch behaving legacy award. <laughs> Because it goes down. Make a mole of your thumb and thumbs up to hilarious as a frightened son. So before we get into everything else, I mean, I'll just do a quick synopsis uh, for those of you who aren't fans yet. And why aren't you? The hilarious host of Frightenstein had all different monsters that we that you knew from the movies and from books, and they all live together in this castle. And I have to, we have to set things straight, Mitch, before you scare yep, yep. You scare every potential audience member away from me. <laughs> I, I say this to everybody. The Hilarious House of Frightenstein is a pseudo-horror kids show. The key word is pseudo. Like, there's nothing really horrible. No, no, no. And 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 well, That's let's go exactly. on with that. Yeah. My favorite character, obviously, is the librarian. Duh. It always was. <laughs> there I was that night with the librarian. And so many people have said that was the scariest, you know, they've come up to the the table or whatever and said they were really scared of the librarian for what that's the only segment that anybody was scared of was the librarian meanwhile I was thinking I want a house like that and in purposely allowing cobwebs <laughs> to grow behind me I was like why did I pick up a skull on the weekend like I was um, a funny story about those kids that were scared by the way 
the only character on the show, and there were nine different featured characters plus a bunch of other that were not featured. Yeah. Um, the librarian, everybody agrees, was unquestionably the scariest character on this pseudo horror kids TV show. <laughs> and lots of kids have told without kids anymore when I meet them, but they they say when we were kids. What would happen is we could sit on the sofa with my brother and sister. Like I, I ran into Jim Carrey's sister, Rita, one time, and she was going on and on and on about how her and her brother Jim and her older brother used to sit three abreast on, on the sofa watching the show intently, like, oh, my God, this is terrific, until the librarian came on. And then lots of these kids had to go and climb behind the sofa. They could listen, but they couldn't watch. I, I, I don't get that. But yes, all the other characters were, were um, Igor was like another kid and you had empathy for him, especially when the sloth wouldn't let him have a pet. Like seriously, what was up with that? Okay. And Dr. Pet Vet was, was um, you know, was just marvelous. And he brought all the different interesting animals in that. But the Count was kind of, he felt sort of sorry for him as well. I've decided, yesterday I was watching it, I decided that Brucey is just passive aggressive, okay? <laughs> 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 he doesn't want anybody to move on. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> there we go. So, so, okay, it was a take on, but it also had to have a certain... Um, a certain amount of educational in it, didn't content, it? To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, content to to fit the Canadian um, CRTC, Canadian Radio and Television Association. Yeah, very yeah. high standards they kept. They they held us up to. I believe, if I remember correctly, the, the content had to be sixty percent uh, educational content. Right, right. Well, because Canada sort of took pride in its educational television for yeah. kids. Yeah. And so it did. It had it had all the librarian read was Aesop's tales. <laughs> I just really yeah. liked, you know, and, and you, you did use um royalty free on that and public domain. Was, what's that? Public domain. Public domain. Yes, yeah. yes. You didn't bother with the music, but <laughs> you <laughs> did get it. You did get it on that. And I want to get this right. Um Dr. Uh Snick. Snick. No, not this Dr. Snick. Um, the doctor on the show, the professor. Oh. Uh, professor Sumner uh, Miller. Right, right. I've taught we actually spoke. I spoke to people who became entered the science field because of him. Yeah. I spoke to lots of people who have said they and decided to opted to go into the sciences purely and simply because he they felt he was so entertaining. And he was. I'll tell you actually where we uh, where we found the professor. My brother and I were huge fans of Johnny Carson back then. And we used to watch a show every night, the late night, the uh, Tonight Show. And he had the professor, our professor, on, you know, maybe a couple times a year. He was a big fan of his. And the professor would come on, do one of his scientific experiments, and Johnny would be awestruck at it. And um, and then when we started to do Frankenstein and write it, well, we didn't do much writing. It was mostly I lived, but when we just when we started, <laughs> really? we started, yeah, when we started to, to do Frankenstein, we thought if he would agree, what a natural that would be because he was such an entertaining guy and totally educational content. 
So we just reached out to him, and guess what? He said, yeah, I'll come. That was, and- the, good news. That was the good news. Wait, there was some bad news. Oh, but The bad news was we arranged to meet him at the airport here in Toronto and take him to the station. So we got there. We went, my brother and I went in a limousine to pick him up, make him, you know, feel like a big shot. And um, we were followed by a station wagon, which was going to take his equipment. So he got off the plane and we greeted him. Hello, nice to meet you in person. Shook hands and blah, blah, blah. And we said, okay, now your equipment's going to go in that vehicle over there. That was the station wagon. And you're going to come in with us in that big black limousine. Isn't that great? And he looked at it and said, no, I don't do limousines. I go with my equipment. End of that story. (laughs) He was old and he he didn't look like he was. uh, It looked like this is the kind of guy you don't want to argue with. Because he'll get back on a plane and go back to Boston. So we said, okay. And we left in the limousine, went back to Hamilton to the station. <laughs> we got into the station wagon with the driver. And I don't know how this happened, but somehow the driver made a mistake and took him to London, Ontario, instead of Hamilton. That's a big mistake. Yeah. So he called us <laughs> when he got there. And we said, I don't know how that happened. But one thing for sure, if you would have come with us in the limousine, you would have been here now in, in, in uh, backstage having... Channel 11 coffee and uh, and donuts and all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, the guy got back in his station wagon and drove all the way back to Hamilton. And that's, I thought, Professor Julia Summer Miller's story. Your turn. So, <laughs> thank you. I have the talking pin up. <laughs> now I forget what I was going to say about that. No. <laughs> No, it's it's. It, I have a feeling that there was coffee drinking, donut eating. Like I have a feeling that backstage of that show was just a blast. Like there, <laughs> there was no backstage. The truth, the, the truth is, we used so much space for that set. It was the biggest set CHCH has ever seen. We used every inch of it. And um, so a lot of people, sometimes we had to do the changing from one outfit to another right there on the set. I mean, it's not such a bad thing, but it, there was no sort of extra space. There was no green room. The donuts and the coffee were in the corner. And God forbid you get that mixed up with Griselda's concoctions. <laughs> that was our witch, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. Doing something so- bat guts and rat tails and all kind of interesting and i love the boxes with just tiger fur magic markers <laughs> the whole process took 15 and minutes just, so that's that's the thing here is this little show coming out of hamilton and and with no budget basically um and not wanting to spend all the budget because you want to have some money afterwards <laughs> And it managed, as Brian here asked, to get Vincent Price, the king of horror movies, or one of them, anyways, um, that we would know. How how did you do that? Boy, that's a tough question. I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You've answered it every other time I heard it. Yeah, it's, it's just the, the, the secret there was, are you ready for this? We asked. <laughs> Isn't that the thing? And the truth is, for any of your Godfather fans, we made him an offer he couldn't refuse. 
<laughs> and the offer was very simple. We got in touch with him. Actually, this might be a good opportunity for you to say, well, how did you find him? Did you call information or look in the phone book? How did you get to Vincent? Okay. okay. okay well, now no, Mitch. It's one thing to say you asked him, but how does a regular Joe like yourself get the contact information? Good question. We were having a talk at one point with a friend of ours. His name was Alan Guest. And he owned an animation business. Actually, he had the biggest animation company in Canada at the time. And uh, we told him about our dilemma. We put our foot in the mouth and made it clear that we could get Vincent Price, that we already had him. Now all we had to do was get him. <laughs> so our friend Al said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I think I can help you. I'm friends with Fourier. His name is Forrest Ackerman, who owned a magazine called um, uh, Monster Magazine, I think it was. Um, and um, this was 53 years ago. That's why I said, I think... Uh, and um, it was the biggest monster magazine in the world. And he gave his contact information to us. So we got in touch with him, told him we were trying to reach out to Vincent Price. And he said, well, and we said, mm, have you got anything to sell or we could use? And he said, well, I own the rights to a whole bunch of black and white photographs, horror-oriented black and white photographs. So we said, oh, well, why don't we license some of those from you? And he said, oh, that'd be swell. So we licensed, I don't know, a dozen pictures or something. And he said, now, you want to get in touch with Vincent Price? I'll give you his phone number. And he did. And, and the rest is history. We made him an offer. And uh, real quickly, the offer was, we told them, we know you're a busy guy. You're always just shooting movies somewhere or another. We said, we'll get you in and out of town, do all your parts in two days. Now, it didn't work out that way, but that's what we said. Still, and, it was like, what, four days? Yes. Two so all the Vincent Price was shot in four days? No, all the Vincent Price stuff was shot in two days. Okay. The two days, we had just put him up on ice because there was a little problem there. He didn't, he, the way he read the material was not exactly the way we wanted it. It wasn't scary. And uh, I was on the floor. <laughs> you know, it looked like he was standing on a balcony, and I was lying on the floor below the balcony handing him up a different prop for every bit that he did that I thought was appropriate. So we got about 10 minutes in. My brother was in the, in the control room with the directors and producers. And uh, he got on the PA, the public address system, and said, Vincent, Mitch, we have to have a meeting. So he comes running out onto the set. Vincent and, and Riff and I got together. And he looked him in the eye and said, Vincent, you're just not scary. We hired you to be scary. And Vincent looks him back in the eye and says, you want scary, you have to write scary. That shit that you wrote for me isn't even remotely close to being scary. It's funny, it, it rhymes, but it's not scary. And I'm not a magician. So we took him back to the hotel, put him on ice for two days, called the writers, said, you got to come back in and rewrite all of his material. And they, they got there 20 minutes later. And I locked them in a room. And said, okay, you have to rewrite all of his openings and closings and all of his introduction bits to the various segments. And you can't come out, no toilet, no food, until everything is rewritten. Because we've got Vincent Price sitting on ice. I think they have laws against that now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were no such thing as unions back then. I was union, not union. Anyway, um, about 24 hours later, it sounded like that. <laughs> that. three knocks on the door and I went, I went and said yeah and they said we're done and I opened the door and they flew out of that room 
to the closest toilet. They hadn't had a toilet for 24 hours. And then they came back and we had trays of little sandwiches for them. And they gave us the rewrite. <laughs> that was kind after starving them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had... <laughs> but but I mean it must have worked because Jamie here says that the intro was the scariest part for him. Yeah. Um so so it did. Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of feeling sorry for them now because I was going to take something up with you. <laughs> then DJ said, um, mom, they had to write 200 poems in like 20 minutes. <laughs> but for the librarian, I wrote this, I wrote this one down. <laughs> It's not, I'm not really taking offense, Mitch, but uh, where is it? Vincent Price is reading the poem that those poor people locked in that room wrote. I asked the old librarian, what did he learn from life? He said the first thing was the rule to never take a wife, though they make superb companions and reliable good cooks. <laughs> Women haven't got the knack, knack, he said, of understanding books. <laughs> Ooh, not exactly politically correct there, is it? Oh, no, there's... Okay, let's, in a lot of ways, this show would not fly today. But we have to take it into the context. And the biggest... And the fact that, obviously, I didn't hear that as a kid. I just saw the books in red. So we don't pick up on everything. But, but the point was, this was written by some poor people who were starving and had to use the book. So I think, I think we can forgive that for it. No, no, no. I wasn't making complaint. I was just I was just noticing, like, oh my gosh, I've watched this show a million times, never noticed this. It had no effect on me. And and it was the 1970s. So we yeah. can um <laughs> we can do it. But I was like, I'm understanding books, Mr. Librarian. I'm understanding books. Okay. It just once in a while I'm gonna show something that that brings up how people remember this. And Derek says, I used to eat Count Chocula and Frankenberry watching Saturday mornings. Thank you for the memories. Mitch. So thank you. Thank you for watching. Um, <laughs> you're going to say that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah um, Robin says, we learned a lot from the professor. And we did. I learned just re-watching yesterday. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> from the professor yesterday, because <laughs> I must have forgotten. But, but um, I, I learned uh, never go with the equipment. Just go go with the people who are producing <laughs> the show. You get a better ride. It's a it's a better vehicle, and they know where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's safer, and it's safer to getting to your. So that's like an Aesop fable moral of the story right there the story of the station wagon and the limo <laughs> it's just a good one <laughs> the moral is take the limo yeah. dave is watching over us and he says it's great seeing all the comments so he's always there mitch he's always there we can't get rid of him <laughs> <laughs> um brian says brucey scared me the most he was actually dead <laughs> lots of laughs we all, I mean, I still think he could have been playing it up, okay? He had all the power in that scenario. Why would he let it go? Everybody was bringing him everything. I mean, we hear the Count go on about how much he's given him love and all of this, and he still won't come to. 
No, it wasn't meant to be. Um, you know, as anyone in the in the in the comedy industry will tell you, there's a thing called a running gag, and that Brucey was a running gag. I mean, no matter what that count tried to do, and how much equipment he used, and how much energy he brought down from the skylight, and all that stuff, you're right. Brucey was never going to come to life, and and. Um, if we would have broken that even once and Brucey would have got up and started to yawn or something, there goes the running gag. So Well, and then I think maybe um maybe he um Brian's right. Brucey probably would look kind of scary standing up and because he's the only one that really looked like one of those monsters, right? Like yeah. if he got up and saw the kids would scream and leave and never come back. Speaking of standing up, what a perfect segue you gave me. <laughs> On uh, the 28th, I believe it is, I'm going to be appearing at the Frightmare in the Falls, that's Niagara Falls, uh, Comic-Con, and I'm going to be there all day Saturday, maybe Sunday, but I'm not sure, I can't guarantee that, but for sure I'll be there all day Saturday from 11 to 6, and I'll be with my friends uh, from the butcher shop. I mean, they create the absolute best special effects. I mean, you need an arm or a leg or a head or whatever you need, a monster created, they're the best, and they're my buddies, and I'm going to be sitting and working with them all day. So if you find the butcher shop um, display, I guess, or exhibit, it's called. They have a big exhibit. I'll be one of the exhibitees. <laughs> Will you be signing autographs there? Yeah, yeah. Will you be signing autographs? Absolutely. And I'll be signing autographs, and like always, I don't charge for the... Well, I was just going there. to say that. Would you please let Sorry, I stepped on your I have such good things to say about you, and then by the time you finish, I'm like, I'm not saying that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Having worked with Mitch, he will take time with each of you, um, taking pictures, asking you questions, listening to your stories, and signing posters that he supplies. This big, um, yeah. all for free. <laughs> Oh, he's still the punchline because yeah. his fans are important to him, and that is why the franchise is still growing today. Because because you take such good care of it. Mm -hmm. So, Hamilton Con Comic Con dates and times again, Mitch. No, not Hamilton. Uh, oh, oh, I mean Niagara Falls. Oh, right, so I did the last. Yeah, yeah, yes. I did the last Hamilton Comic Con. That was great. I had a great time, but. Um, uh, the next one is Frightmare in the Falls. Right. I, I believe it's September, uh, well, sorry, October 28th. And, and and it's the same people, so they're not going to get mad at me. <laughs> no, no. By the way, it's in the Niagara Falls Convention Center. Right, right. And, and there's always a lovely group there. Yeah, um, lots of big celebrities and uh, are going to be there that day, and lots of vendors with cool stuff to sell or buy or whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Just We're going to have to have a nap once in a while. <laughs> I, I, well, <laughs> I was reading and, and it didn't come up. Okay. Somebody wanted to know um robin again okay he was wondering what happened to all the sets all, all, the, all, sets the, sets? all the sets um for the for the show they just they didn't I, have sentimental value then so I, you just I, no it didn't and we had never ever ever in the farthest realm of our imagination 
thought that this was going to be anything other than what it was what, what, what was sold as. We sold it to CHCH. He said we would do 130 hour-long episodes, which took us nine months. It would have taken any other normal people four years to do that much product, create that much product. And then we thought for sure it, it was going to die and go to television heaven. But as we all know, it didn't work out that way. It ended up getting syndicated across Canada, and then it got syndicated in the U.S., and um, it's still on now, like you said, 53 years later. It's available on, at the moment, on Tubi, T-U-B-I, Tubi streaming service, uh, Plex, P-L-E-X streaming service, Amazon streaming service, and we're in serious conversations with another big-time streaming service in, based in the U.S., but they're available everywhere. Is, isn't it still on Crave? No, uh, that was a four-year uh, deal. That was, okay, so it moved it, on it, to the it, other It was one. more than four years ago. I don't remember. But if it isn't, it, it might still be on, but uh, it's not going to be on for much longer. They, we did a four-year deal with them. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take a couple more questions, and then, oh, my goodness, time is going quickly. Um, Tamara would like to know what your your favorite memory was from making the Mitch. From making the Mitch, from making the show, Mitch. My favorite, um, you know what? There was no favorites. It was, it was, you know, it was unquestionably the hardest job I have ever had in my life. It um, because it was an it was an incredible feat. One of the writers once was interviewed, and he and he told the reporter that it was like we, we being my brother and I, were operating a sausage factory. We were cranking those things out at an incredible rate. And he wasn't wrong. It was like a sausage factory. Mind you, lots of people out there thought the sausages taste pretty damn good, and you're one of them. Um, yes, no, it was it, it was incredible. And, yeah. it, and it carries on. The, like, we, the randomness. I remember telling my kids, you've got to watch this show. And, of course, they never watched it then because that's the kiss of death, right? <laughs> yeah. So then we were at an event. And they were playing an episode, and I hear laughter from the back, and I thought, that's my kid. And the next thing I know, he's watching it on the internet at night with his friends, showing them the show because of the randomness. He's like, you just have to show it. Like, suddenly there's this horror picture, <laughs> and somebody says, like, the cutting back and forth. It just really appeals. I, I have a funny, a funny thing to tell you, a funny story to tell you about something very similar. My son is a very, very conservative guy. As he was growing up, he never told his, his friends, you know, that his dad was in the entertainment industry and television and blah, blah, blah. And Doug Henning, the most famous magician in the world, I toured with him for three years, never told anybody any of those things. So when it was time for him to go to college, I was praying he would pick a college close to home so we could drive there in an hour or two or three. You know, like, for example, anything in London or Guelph or Montreal or Hamilton. Anywhere but. <laughs> Anywhere but. So he came down from his bedroom one day and he had been looking on his laptop and he said, you know, I think I'm going to apply at Ubica, University of British Columbia. And I go, oh, my God, that's five and a half hour flight from Toronto. And I've flown extensively. Not my favorite form of transportation. Anyway, we didn't say no. We let him go ahead and apply. And uh, we didn't even get a boat in it, to tell you the truth. And then sure enough, a couple weeks later, he got a, he got a scholarship in the mail. So very, very smart. 
conservative but smart. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we took him to Vancouver, spent three days there getting him set up in the dorm and, and uh, at, with the school registration, blah, blah, the whole thing. After three days, we left, came back to Toronto. Um, and um, he w- called us the next day and said, you know, my room in the dorm is on the fourth floor. The day after you left, I was wandering down to the third floor, walking around, and he was sitting in the archway, the entrance into the um, common room. And there was a bunch of kids in there sitting on chairs and sofas, watching a big screen TV. And sure enough, they were watching Hilarious as a Friday night <laughs> in Vancouver, British Columbia, the other end of the world. And um, he didn't say a word. He just stood there in the doorway. And the next thing you know, I went flying by in my super character, <laughs> upside down, sitting on high tension lines, pretending I was stoned, because it was the early 70s. <laughs> hippie, get it? So, uh, and he blurted out inadvertently, oh my God, that's my dad. Guess what? Next three years at the university, he was treated with a whole entire <laughs> <laughs> the respect you get when your dad is super hippie. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you. I was going to take a closer look at the at the front of super super hippies. Is it just a regular Superman T-shirt? Did you make any alterations to it, like the emblem? Yes, the uh, designer created a new emblem that says SH on it. Okay. Okay. So they, you can't get also. You're okay with rights on that one. Yeah. As, as well. No, it's a um, different shape too. The the real Superman one is like a diamond shape, but with the uh, corners, flat flat corners. Oh, that's that one's more. Yeah. Okay, okay. Whereas the super hippie logo is a straight triangle with S and H crammed in. <laughs> and when I watch that, you are so young, and I think we all have to remember that you were only like five. No, <laughs> you were only like um. 21 when you made those shows? No, I think I was closer to 24, I think, around that. But still a lot of pressure for someone that young to be like, because how how many months did it take to do all 130 episodes? Nine. Nine months. So for a year, your life was your life was hilarious house. Okay, I I'm going to... I didn't have a life. I was locked in. <laughs> yes. My brother was living in a big house in uh, Tobacco, in the west end of Toronto. And he insisted that I come and move into that house while we shot the show because I had a bad habit of sleeping in and I'd miss a call and I'd get there late or whatever. <laughs> and there was just no time for that. So, so he decided he was your guardian. Every night he locked me in the bedroom and they let me out in the morning. Occasionally the staff threw in a girl or two, but. Uh, <laughs> and they, they, they had food okay. for me. <laughs> And the show is rated PG, but this one may not be. All right. So so I'm just going to, I'm just going to go through some of these comments because, oh my goodness, we want, we want to get to what you're doing now. Um, So you, okay. So you're going to have to go through this and watch it again. I'm sorry. So you can see the comments because um, people are just sending you love. Derek says he'll see you the Friday of Frightmare. So you have him coming. No, Dave, I'm not telling Mitch that something about delivering body parts behind your house. Uh, (laughs) Kathleen Grant Walker loved the show and it's definitely a favorite in her house. Thank you. Uh, Monica, Moravan says um, she's going to add to the Mitch love. You're kind, genuine, and take time with anyone who ever stops to chat. 
definitely. Thanks for keeping hilarious House of Frankenstein alive and bringing new memories to a new generation. Deep River says, so awesome. Mitch is such a great guest. Colleen Scott says, sorry, I missed you. this. Will Mitch be at Frightmare this year? And yes, he will. Okay. Um, um, a, can a Canadian classic from Mike needs more classic needs more love uh wait 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 needs more love the show doesn't need more love the world needs more love oh the show needs to get more love i got more love that's a perfect segue there uh billy van who was as everybody knows he played nine nine of the characters nine characters on hilarious house of frightenstein and he was recently nominated to be inducted into the canadian comedy Hall of Fame, and we are all very excited about that nomination, and we're just praying every day. And actually, I'm 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 confident that he will be inducted. That nomination will take him to being inducted. There, I think I think they're going to be inducting four or five comedians, and Billy's in good care, good company. Oh, there's there's everybody who's anybody on that yeah. list. Yeah. Um, that that we know. So definitely it's gotta be the first year they did it. I didn't look that up, but to have all those people, I mean, who's left to to have one before <laughs> they're all on the list. They did have it for before for a couple of years, two or three years. But this year it's growing exponentially. And they're, they're having, I think, four different events over the course of a week in February um, where they're going to have talent and, and uh, uh, hanging out the awards and things like that. It's all, all very exciting. And then they're planning on having a bricks and mortar Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, an actual building that you could go to throughout the year. And that's even more exciting news. Well, aside from poutine and butter charts, Canada really is known for their comedians. We've we've sent several of them to the United States, and the perfect segue to you recently acted as a radio announcer yourself on a movie with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase called Zombie Town. I did. I had to put my ear hand up like this and my microphone like this, and. <laughs> Um, and do and do the voice. Yeah, it's a great movie. It was produced by my friends at Trimuse Productions, Canadian-based company, but they own the rights to I don't know a couple dozen I think horror films. And whenever they negotiate to license those films, they always make sure they mention that they have the right to to uh, authorize the use of hilarious as a Frankenstein vintage television shows. So they've been good company to keep. So they produced this movie called. Zombie Town. It starred Dan Aykroyd and, and Chevy Chase, as you mentioned. And I have that little part in there where I'm a radio announcer. And um, it's now, I believe it's already had its theatrical run, did very well across Canada and in the US. And it's now on. Um, it's on um, Tubi in the States. No. Yeah, but I read this morning, it said. Oh. Um, based on uh, um, oh gosh, hey, not I forget the name of the streaming service. You know what? Just Google anybody, just Google. Uh, sorry, just you're Google. sure it's not to be? No, I, I'm not sure. 
Um, and it's, it, in Canada, however, you can get it through Roku uh, because you can't get Tubi in Canada. That's what I read this morning. No, so, Tubi, you can, you can get Tubi in Canada for sure. Can you get Tubi? Well, you can get it through the Roku, Roku yes. streaming. Um, yes. And, uh, sorry, I have to segue here. And you can also listen to Fika with Vicky on Roku. Watch Fika with Vicky on Roku Woo! using the right. UFO Paranormal Radio and United Public Radio channel. See? <laughs> so I know it was too because I was working that one out in my head. <laughs> okay. What else is new, Mitch? Oh, he froze. Okay. So I'm just going to um, start talking about some things here uh, for him and leave the phone on because there was some internet problems earlier today. So he also has licensed um, a couple years ago through Head Spinner Productions the rights to produce and distribute The Happy House of Frightenstein, which is an animated series, and it and it goes out to children three to seven. So he inspired one group of children, and now they're inspiring another. It has won two Canadian Screen Awards, similar to the American Emmy Awards in 2022, and won another Canadian Screen Award in 2023. Mitch said that he had an amusing story for that, and hopefully he will get back in time to let us hear that. But even so, we've loved our time with us, with him. Um, he it's, it's also, I would like to point out that while he was filming The Zombie Town, which is based on our R.L. Stein book, he spent some time at the opening with a gallon of Styx fame and, um, and one of my favorites because I love Strange Animal. They're in the very early stages of producing a feature film about Hilarious House of Frankenstein. And Not much more information on that, but we will we will see if we can get more information about that. His documentary is close to being, well, you know, the industry is getting near to being done. And he's worked on a couple of other movies that I hope that he will get back to talk to us about. I'm going to tell him to make sure that he rewatches this because and so that he can see all the comments and all the love that you that you sent him. Um, I just have the phone on in case there's a call or they're trying to um, get back in. So why, you ask, Vicky, does this end up in a book, a, a, a show about books? Because we want to encourage reading in any way we can. And when we take a very prejudiced view on where the sources of that inspiration comes from, we miss out on a lot. So I, for example, have loved books my entire life, and I loved Hilarious House of Frightenstein, the creativity behind it, the images of those classic stories. And we'll bring that on to the other day. I was in the dollar store thinking about Frankenstein and Mary Shelley, and I had just seen an episode on the X-Files that was based on Frankenstein, and I found graphic novels dollar store if you're in there a dollar of the Frankenstein story and remembered that my teacher had a 
bunch of uh, graphic novels in her classroom that you would get to read if you finished your work early. And so I was introduced to all kinds of these classic stories through the through this. And if a child <clears throat> becomes interested in Count Dracula or whatever, due to a show like this, it's going to lead to more reading of those things, as well as the poetry and the poems, just wordplay is always important. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure whether I should say goodbye at this point or wait till Mitch comes back, but we are definitely going to ask him back another day and take into consideration all these comments, which I'm sure he'll want to get back to you on. And there he is. Okay. There he is. Okay. So while you were away, and don't tell me what you were doing. It's your business. No. <laughs> I, went grocery, I went grocery shopping. <laughs> while you were away, I talked to them about the funny house of Frankenstein. And, no, the happy house of Frankenstein. Happy. And how it had won some awards. And you said you had a funny story about that. Um. Yeah, well, no, it's not funny, actually, but my niece is a teacher, and um, she gave her kids an assignment. These are six-year-olds. She gave her kids an assignment where she played a, a, a few episodes of Happy House of Frankenstein, which is an animated version of, of our hilarious House of Frankenstein, and it's aimed specifically at a demographic from sort of yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three I... seven-year-olds. I gave them the background. Right. So, so she aired the um, she aired the couple of episodes for them and said, "Now I want you to write something. Pick whoever you, is your favorite character on the show, and write something." So I have in front of me. Oh, the writing. Exhibit A, and um, each kid got one of these pieces of paper. They drew in this case, for example, it's I love. Grizz, which is the what Zelda. they call Zelda, right? Uh, because she makes potash, no potions, potions. Okay, um, here's one from Andrew. This picture right there, and it says, <laughs> "I like Grizz because she makes potions." Oh, oh. I think somebody was looking over somebody else's shoulder. <laughs> Grizz is a favorite. Well, potions is messing, right? And mixing things up, and that's like a favorite thing to do. They, they, instead of their Wolfman character, they call it Wolfie, and it's a female, not a male. More diversification in place. <laughs> and it says, uh, or more politically correct than the original. <laughs> I like Wolfie because she is cool. Okay. If she's anything like the Wolfman, she most definitely is. And, um, this one is a character with two angel wings on, and it says, I like Grizz because she is a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ooh, here's a creative one. Very cool. There's the picture, if you can see it. And uh, this says all really well printed here. I like Grizz because she is cute oh. <laughs> that's one thing nobody ever said about our Griselda. <laughs> i need i i need to i need to get a chance so and you can watch this show 
on YouTube Family Channel, right? Family Channel Junior YouTube, and and, and Family Channel Junior on on without the YouTube, just Family Channel Junior on streaming. That's a streaming service, I believe. It's not on Disney. I think so, isn't it? I think it sounds like it would be on Disney. So, and I was just talking to the people about the idea that this creativity shows like this encourage reading and writing and that we shouldn't be prejudiced towards that because we're missing out on a big chance. And you just proved that point by showing that the creativity behind the happy house of Frankenstein is now encouraging the creativity of those kids and to write and to, and to get into things. So, okay. I talked about, I did not talk about, uh, I talked, I did not talk about, the two other movies that you made that you oh um i didn't make them i'm just part of, i'm in them well i meant yeah uh, so you helped oh, yeah, me made, got it you're right you're right i'm sorry yeah we, one of them, <laughs> that's okay one of them is produced by a friend of mine anthony mann and uh, it's coming up bleak december productions bleak december productions yeah. <laughs> and um I did the movie called um, uh, Bug-Eyed Monsters Invade the Earth. That was fun. And then we did a sequel called Bug-Eyed Monsters, um, not control, what was the word? Um, take over the world. There's, I forget exactly what it's, it was. It's um, Conquer the Earth. Thank you. Conquer the Earth, yes. And I played a different part in that one. And uh, that was fun. I did another movie recently. For a good for a friend of mine, John Migliori, and um, this is a movie about Sasquatch or or Bigfoot, some people call it. And I play a hunter, and um, I'm out there hunting a Sasquatch in a forest. Not no. <laughs> you just do what they tell you. <laughs> no. Go ahead, Mitch. I was it's so funny because I wrote, after he wrote me and offered me the part, and I said, sure, I'd love to. I call, I wrote him back the next day and said, by the way, don't have to worry about wardrobe. I can supply my own. I have a, <laughs> I, I have a camouflage coat like down to my down to my knees. Looks just like a hunter would be wearing. I have a hunter's cap. Looks just like a hunter would wear. And then I went and rummaged through some of my son's old plastic toys and i sent him some pictures of his rifles and he, he just said well and then i found uh, julian's my son's bb rifle that he had it was an official daisy special edition bb rifle and i took it out of the case and said, took a picture of it and sent it to john and he said that's it you nailed it it's terrific it looks just like a real serious weapon so I took that and all my clothes and everything and changed there and spent the afternoon in a forest just outside of Hamilton. <laughs> chasing. Just walking the, around the forest, chasing yeah, the Sasquatch. Chasing the Sasquatch. Anytime people would walk by on the trail, we would hide the gun and uh, because we didn't, not, that's not politically correct these days either. You don't want to be walking around in a public forest. Well, it's not just as <laughs> Now that would be scary. Now that's something worth which we didn't even get into the one thing we were going to talk about. Um, and so we are, I'm going to do a quick, another children's program, Romper Stomper Boo here um, of everybody that's come, all our friends that play. <laughs> and then if you want to, after you can look at thing and hear what they all have to say okay so okay. we talked to so Catherine 
Tamara, we talked to Monica, Deep River, Colleen, Derek, Mike, Brian, and um, um, Tamara, Mark, Andrew. Oh, hi, Andrew. You know, Andrew helped you move. Hope all of us can do, Mitch. Yeah. He doesn't mention me. Thanks. Thanks. Um, and and Oh, and 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 here we go again. And Jamie, yes, Dave is now saying read some of the comments. Oh, I think because I was out of air. Yeah, but I can't read the comments and answer questions that are meant for Mitch, Dave. So, what is that? Your, your, your director husband? <laughs> He's in the comments saying read the comments. I had thought about that while you were away on your. But if there's questions. That's directly to you. Good, I can't good, answer them. He's a good guy, that husband of yours, by the way. I'm so <laughs> happy. You? I'm so happy he lent me his sweatshirt so today. All his wardrobe are hilarious house. When we had to get the new car, the important thing was that we could get another hilarious house sticker for it or to put it on. He's 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 a promoter, Mitch. He's a promoter. Yeah, that's for sure. So you are going to have to come back. Um, another day so we can talk about tomorrow? all of those other tomorrow? things <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> oh tomorrow i rest and now i'm gonna be stuck watching the other 70 episodes of hilarious house of Frightenstein that i didn't watch Listen, yesterday i would be happy to come back whenever you like invite me because i'm honored to be in with the kind of company that you keep i mean you've got every major author in, in north america in the world <laughs> major actually. author wait wait Wait, let me rephrase that. Every author I have is major. They are all, all contributing, and the indies have an independent um, voice that we need to hear today. Okay, Absolutely. sorry, I had, yeah. I had to do, had to do a disclaimer. So yeah. thank you, and I want you to know that it's not, and I want everybody to know that reading is not this highbrow activity. It is. It is. It can be fun. It can be group oriented, and it can start with the hilarious house of Frankenstein. Oh, hallelujah! So, thank you for that, and all you've contributed. And I'm going to say goodbye for now. And we're we're exhausted, Mitch. We've just tired ourselves out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll be talking we're again. To the party. <laughs> And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you all had fun at play. And yeah. I'll just say. And, and thank you for all you guys that, that called in. That was so nice of you. It's <laughs> nice to be able to to have them to have people talk and be a part of it. And yeah. and um, Make um sure you turn to more of Vicky's shows because they're all interesting. Oh well, thank you, Mr. Markowitz. Okay, we'll talk to you later while we're still talking. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And thank you all for listening um, to everyone else out there. I'm just going to take the comments down now. We can go back and listen to them later. I have to do that so I can do the other things here. Um, and I, where did my background? Okay. So I will see you all again next week. Until then, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet. It was fun, guys. See you later.